welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I'm here virtually with my friend and registered dietitian, Danielle Basie. And we're going to talk about something that both of us are very passionate about. And it's one of the intuitive eating principles, which is diet culture, or well, you can probably phrase it better, anti-diet, rejecting the diet <laughs> culture. So yeah, <laughs> Danielle, how about you introduce the audience to you and tell us a little bit about what you do? Awesome. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, this is really interesting doing it virtually. So uh, <laughs> my name is Danielle Basie, and I'm a registered dietitian in Boise, Idaho, and I also am a registered yoga teacher. Um, so the majority of my work that I do is I work with clients who um, either are suffering from an eating disorder or some sort of disordered eating or like a long history of dieting. And I help he people heal their relationship with food and their body. Um, yeah. So through nutrition and movement or through yoga, I guess. Awesome. And I should mention Danielle and I went through a yoga teacher training together too. So that was a fun little yeah. thing that we did for a while. We overlapped a little bit. Yes, we did. I needed you to make that, <laughs> that push for me because I didn't want to do it. I was scared. And you said, do it. So I did. So I'm so glad that you were there. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I didn't realize that that was a thing. You seemed like you yeah. were very ready. So I was, but I'm so weird about like, I'll be like, text me when you're at the restaurant. Like I need to walk in with someone or like, I want to know someone in the class. <laughs> I do. I do like but, that too. I can definitely yeah. relate. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Okay, so we know who you are and what you do a little bit. I want to know about your relationship to the Bachelor franchise and specifically if you watch it and just kind of what you think in general about the show. Yeah, yeah. So I don't watch it. I've seen some episodes. I was telling April before we started recording that my recollection of The Bachelor, which I found out was actually The Bachelorette, was the very first season um and so i hear like tidbits and pieces from people because a lot of people watch it and i'm like constantly like questioning myself on whether i should become a part of this like it's almost like a little tribe like people have viewing parties like mm -hmm. people watch it like plan to watch it with other people so it's bachelor um, i don't watch it <laughs> seriously yeah and people like are very serious like is it on Tuesday nights or something like they don't do anything because the bachelor is going to be on Monday. So nights. I think it's kind of <laughs> Monday. <nights. laughs> so I think it's kind of cool. Um, and I definitely hear like gossipy or like the updates on some of the people. I don't know what they mean or who they are, but I definitely am aware that it's happening and I know when bachelor season is and just not totally involved in it. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. So you know about it kind of on the outside looking in. <laughs> yes, you can't escape sure. it in our in our society no, I no, feel like no people love it and people who I don't think watch reality tv watch it and they love it and they're like super big fans mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. <laughs> absolutely like like me I was just saying on the last episode people comment frequently oh, I can't believe you watch The Bachelor you know when they find that out about me yeah. so yeah that's true my partner said that because my that? partner is also friends with you. And he was like, that's the uh, April doesn't watch that show. And I said, yeah, <laughs> she is. And we're doing a podcast. And he's like, he literally thought I was lying. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like April well, doesn't watch The Bachelor. I'm like, that's funny. Does. <laughs> I do. And I'm proud yeah. of it now. I wasn't always. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
that's kind of what we talked about in the last episode about self-compassion was like mm-hmm. watching the bachelor as an act of self-compassion and if you feel guilty about it using self-compassion to deal with that and just embracing mm-hmm. it self-care for sure <laughs> yeah i can relate cuz i love the real housewives and they're like totally not my kind of people but i just love watching the show yeah so there's something I have, about I have it. my own bachelor. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Good. It's a part of a healthy life. <laughs> yes. Yes. Or it can be. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to talk about diet culture. And of course, we're going to tie it to the Bachelor franchise. And I have some examples that I'm going to talk about because Danielle doesn't have examples awesome. because she doesn't watch, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's my role. Um, so diet culture. What is diet culture, Danielle? Well, there's a lot of definitions, I think, Um, and I was going to give one that I felt like was really clearly defined, and Christy Harrison actually wrote this definition, and she's another dietitian, and she um, has recently written a book and does a podcast on it, so she defines it as a culture and one which worships thinness, which our culture very much does so, Um, a culture in which um, weight loss equals a higher status, so Smaller people or thinner people are better. Uh, larger body people are considered morally worse. Um, a culture that demonizes a certain way of eating, which I'm sure we've all witnessed that or been a part of or seen it. Um, and then essentially just oppresses people who don't fit into that ideal. Um, so an ideal in which you know you have to eat a certain way, look a certain way, um, which basically sums up our culture in its entirety. <laughs> So, mm-hmm. and the bachelor, um, I might add, like yeah. in terms of rewarding thinness. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, for sure. Um, and just from what I've seen on the bachelor, like I've seen this ads and, um, commercials on TV. I, I don't think I've ever seen uh, a larger body person on that show, much no. less anyone with a disability or it's all very thin, tall, beautiful women. So definitely think there's a lot of uh, stigmatizing messages Mm -hmm. that I've seen from The Bachelor, not Mm -hmm. even having watched it. Yeah. (laughs) I do think there was a contestant that only had one arm at one point. I don't think she made it very far, but there's, you know, there's one good thing, but I think we have a long way to go in terms of representation and reality. So. Yeah, for sure. For sure. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So diet culture when we stop and think about it, it's everywhere. And I think that definition Mm -hmm. gives us some really good examples. So Mm -hmm. why does, why does this matter? That's a loaded question. Yes. Um, (laughs) um, It matters because I think as a society, we've just really moved away from the humanity piece and we're kind of now seen as bodies instead of people. And, you know, I think, especially the morality issue around it. Um, like, you know, I always use like whole foods. Like I think there's a big morality issue around whole foods. Whole foods is great. I love it. Um, but that's just kind of an example of, you know, the way that we eat and the way that we look, um, whether or not we like to admit it puts us at um, a different class and social standing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that matters because as humans and humanity, I think we all deserve to be treated um, with equality and respect and unfortunately our society has really moved away from that. So I think it's important um, 
as a social justice issue, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially working in healthcare, I think it's really important in healthcare that we recognize this is also, even though the bachelor is not related to healthcare. <laughs> <laughs> There's a tie-in somehow. <laughs> yeah. So I like what you said about people not being bodies. That is mm-hmm. not something I hear very often or something I feel like we're reminded of very often, that we are more than our bodies. Yeah, yeah. And, and our culture is very caught up in this idea that, you know, thinness is happiness, thinness is health, thinness or eating a certain way will get you the partner you want. Um, and that's really not the case. And I think as a society, also, we've done a really great job of living behind the smoke screen that, you know, a thin body and eating really well will fix your problems when there's so much more underneath that we, we need tending to. And, you know, being able to recognize our value as a as an individual human, I think we've lost that. And, you know, I, I talk with my clients and like, it's kind of morbid, but like, what are people you love? What are they going to say at your funeral? And they're like, mm-hmm. like, no one's going to say like, she had a size six until the day she died. And her thigh gap was, came really a need during my divorce or, you right. know, we just forget, you know, the, the deeper meaning in life, I think. That might be morbid, but I, talk about that kind of stuff with my clients too because I'm I'm really into meaning and purpose and I think that mm-hmm. having that leads to better mental health so I love that mm-hmm. yeah yeah and connection is the antidote I think to a lot of things and when you know we're only focusing on the external I think it really inhibits our ability to connect with other people and ourselves most importantly right so I'm yeah. thinking of clients that that, I mean, really all of us, like we, we all, I think can relate to that, but definitely mm-hmm. that's definitely true. And I'm thinking of clients that I have that are thinner and bigger. And mm-hmm. I mean, they, we all struggle. And if you're not attending to those things underneath, like you said, under behind the smoke mm-hmm. screen, it's not going to matter what you look like. There's so many other mm-hmm. things, deeper, good and bad that are underneath mm-hmm. your size. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, I kind of forgot what your original question. (laughs) Why does it matter? Oh, why does it matter? Well, and I think too, you know, being in a thinner body or or larger body, you know, I think it teaches us resilience. Like, I don't know how long it's going to take for our society to change, but we can build resilience and knowledge within ourselves so that, you know, you can demand respect and, you know, show people how to treat you. And so, I think it's important, you know, being able to recognize and learn these things, regardless of your body size, but particularly in those who are more um, stigmatized, I think is really important. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that because when I struggle with this a lot with clients, because there are social justice issues out there, many of them, Mm -hmm. but when I'm working one-on-one with a client, we can talk about ways that they can advocate for larger change in society, mm-hmm. but also advocating for yourself and learning respect and doing things that we can do one-on-one in mm-hmm. a therapy session is really important too. And sometimes that's the only mm-hmm. thing we can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So why does it matter? I think it matters a lot. <laughs> and those are that's just kind of the tip <laughs> of the iceberg, I think. But mm-hmm. I... I've been thinking about diet culture and how it shows up in the bachelor franchise. And I'm just going to kind of ramble on for, for a little bit here. And then I would love to hear Mm -hmm. your perspective about these examples Mm -hmm. and what you think 
So just the fact that they don't film eating anymore is one thing. And I know that they do this because the audio quality isn't great if you're eating during your dinner. I get it. Mm -hmm. But we have all of these beautiful people on the show that are thin and their BMI is, you know, a certain, like we talked about, there's no one that's a larger body on the show, really. So we have these beautiful, thin people. And then we also see them when they're not eating only, basically. And once in a while, we'll see them when they're eating. But it's like things like Kristen Whitney. She was on Bachelor in Paradise season three. Initially on Nick's season. I had to write this down. I don't have this all in my head, just so you know. <laughs> I had to look it up. Oh I remember the people, dang, but good. not <laughs> not the not the seasons or the years. But so she was originally on Nick's season and then she went to Bachelor in Paradise and she ate scallops, I guess, on Bachelor in Paradise and she got the name Scallop Fingers, which I think was given to her like in a lighthearted, you know, sweet way, I guess, but she didn't like it. And I just find it interesting that this woman that was eating got this nickname. So these are like one mm -hmm. of the few times that we see people eating. And then JoJo's season of The Bachelorette, Chad Johnson, who people didn't love for various reasons that I won't get into. Well, some people did, but Anyway, he was he was made fun of or kind of kind of known for this guy that was always eating lunch meat and they kind of made a joke out of it. And so that was one of the only times that we've seen eating on The Bachelorette. Mm -hmm. And then the most recent time, Victoria F. on Peter's season, they went on this date and they got ice cream and she fed it to her dog. And it was a really tiny ice cream. And I just like thinking about this from a diet culture lens and, you know, what kinds of how does food show up in the show? why couldn't she mm -hmm. just finish her ice cream? Like she's this thin person. <laughs> and so, so is there like some kind of subconscious message that I can't eat an ice cream cone if I'm thin? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I mm -hmm. don't know, maybe I'm reading into it too much, but that's, we don't really see food on the show very much yet. You know, they're, mm -hmm. they're very well taken care of. They're catered these beautiful, you know, spreads of all these foods, but we don't see that. So people that watch the show see, oh, these people are beautiful and subconsciously they're not really eating. So, well, at least not that we mm -hmm. see. So what kind of message does that send? I don't, I don't know. I have some ideas, but yeah. What do you make of all of that with those examples? Mm -hmm. Well, for one, I think it just goes to show how powerful food, nutrition, appearance has in our society. Um, so I kind of, when I, when you talk to me about like the nicknames <clears throat> whether they're lighthearted or not I think again we go back to that morality issue when people are making fun of lighthearted or not oftentimes you know I don't think it's done in malice but um you know I think not only are we so sensitive but again it goes around back to the morality issue of you know you're you're better when you don't eat or when you eat the right things and you know when you don't fit into that ideal and everyone has their own set of ideals of what food should look like um, then you're less than. So whether it's done lightheartedly light or not, um, I think, you know, most food comments are really hurtful. And I bet you anything that the scallop finger lady or this lunch meat person will remember those comments and it will be triggering for them potentially for the rest of their life. I mean, I, I meet with clients who, you know, you know, so-and-so said this when I was five at a birthday party and they remember everything and lighthearted or not, it still affects them. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think, you know, and I'm assuming it was the contestants who are making, poking fun at these people, um, 
And, and you know, we're, we're just really super focused on people's food choices too. I think is another thing that stood out to me. Um, mm-hmm. And then the, the, the gal with the poor ice cream cone, <laughs> you know, and, and this is my thought about this. It's kind of like from my own experience of like when you're dating someone, you like want to be this cute, tiny little human being and you have this idea of what's feminine and what's polite mm-hmm. and what's cute and dainty. And so that's kind of what my mind goes to of, you know, uh, this feminist ideal that we have on how a woman should act in front of a man on a date. I know this is supposed to be a, a feminist show, but that's kind of what my <laughs> mind went to of, you know, she probably was too scared to eat that. And like, um, oh, how cute she fed it to her dog is kind of what I think. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that was kind of my initial thought when you were talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't want this to be a purely feminist show either. I just want to be, you know, <laughs> gently criticizing what I see. And yeah, uh, for for it was The Bachelor, so there were a bunch of women competing for a man. So I think there's it's natural mm-hmm. to have some feminist thoughts about that. So that makes sense to yeah, me. Yeah, for sure. And whether or not she ate, maybe they got two ice cream cones. Maybe she ate one and fed the other one to the dog. But what are we what are we being fed? Mm-hmm. What do we see? What what makes mm-hmm. the edit? You know, so. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even saying they do that on purpose, but it's just interesting mm-hmm. how it perpetuates diet culture, whether or not they're mm-hmm. meaning to, because so much of this is ingrained. For sure, for sure. And and to no one's fault of their own. I mean, this ideal has been imprinted into us, you know, since we were born. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I imagine that she probably felt really self-conscious you know, finishing a whole ice cream cone on national television, you know, (laughs) she has to maintain this thin ideal of what she's supposed to look like. And I imagine that was probably really stressful. Mm -hmm. So, right. Yeah. I like how you and I've talked about this several, well, probably a lot of times (laughs) in various ways about (laughs) intuitive eating and diet culture and stuff. And Mm -hmm. I like how you always bring it back to like it's not their our fault. This is so ingrained that mm-hmm. it's it's really mm-hmm. having some compassion around that and realizing like mm-hmm. no wonder this is hard. And it's not like it's all me mm-hmm. that's perpetuating the diet culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And especially like if that's the family you grew up in and you think about like the parents my parents' generation, like how they were raised. Um, you know, it's definitely a complete shift in thinking and you know, the, the, we're the minority right now. So mm-hmm. the rest of the world is still, you know, thin is better. You need to be thinner. You have to eat a certain way. And so to go against that grain, especially on national TV in a mini skirt, mm-hmm. I would be nervous also. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Okay, I think those are the examples that came to mind the most for me when I'm thinking about diet culture in the show. I'm kind of curious because everyone that listens to this podcast knows that I love The Bachelor and I, I want to criticize it, but <laughs> in a helpful way and in a fun way. And I'm trying to strike mm-hmm. that balance because I, I love it, but there are also problems with it and that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess I'm thinking like, what are some tips to deal with diet culture? And we've talked about a few things like advocating for yourself and education and Mm -hmm. stuff, but, but what about when we're watching the show or just in general, how do we deal with this so that we can still enjoy the bachelor (laughs) and rather reality TV, you know? Yeah, for sure. 
you know, I think that's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I know there's some people who I'm like, you know, you probably shouldn't like go home and watch, you know, America's Next Top Model or The Bachelor. Um, but, you know, it is a really fun show. I mean, it seems really fun and people love it. And I think there's a community around it. So I think mm-hmm. it can be pretty positive. because I think we all need something lighthearted in our life. And I think that <laughs> The Bachelor shows like that provide us that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say, you know, maybe watch it with a community of people, you know, you love and support and see it for the face value that it is. Um, And, you know, again, it's just all going back to, you know, doing the work yourself beforehand, you know, making sure you feel, you know, safe and secure in who you are. And, you know, if it's super triggering, have someone that you trust who you can talk to about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think it's, I think it's a fun, it seems like a fun show. Yeah. I, as you were talking about, like, is this okay to watch or not? Should you, should you go home to watch this or not? I was also thinking about who we follow on social media. I definitely talk with clients mm-hmm. about who, who are you seeing mm-hmm. on social media when you're scrolling through and how do, how do they make you feel? If they make you feel shameful or like you need to go diet, like maybe you consider unfollowing those people. And, and I like how mm-hmm. you mentioned like it's individual for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like having a podcast like this or like challenging it, like if you're watching it with your friends and you see something that's triggering, like talk about it and challenge it and, you know, recognize that this is a very small glimpse of us as humans Mm -hmm. and it's not the the normal and it's like the outlier. And so if you can recognize that, I think, you know, you can help protect yourself a little bit. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So you mentioned if it feels triggering how could someone maybe realize that it's trigger- triggering? So like the, for, for instance, like dieting or mm-hmm. like with an ideal. Yeah. Like, cause I, I feel like some of those yeah. things are subconscious, you know, they, we mm-hmm. might, we might not realize we're feeling triggered until mm-hmm. we're already doing a behavior that isn't healthy for us. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say if it changes, if you notice it, you have behavior change after it. So I would say like, after you watch it and you're like, you know, wanting to eat less, exercise more, or if you start becoming more concerned with your body weight, shape, or size, then I would say, hmm, like that sounds like that triggers something in you and <laughs> makes you want to change. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's really normal and natural. You know, I, my partner will tell you when I go on like watching a Real Housewives, and if I come out after like ordering lip gloss and being like, Do I, think I need Botox, she's like, okay, you need to pump the brakes on why yeah. real housewife. Take a break. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm a really confident person. And like, if that has me coming out questioning Botox, like, and that's not who I am as a person. Like maybe I should take a step back. So I think if you start questioning your own behaviors and if you start mm-hmm. noticing little things after, then it's probably triggering or it makes you feel bad after definitely. Mm-hmm. I think that would be, be pretty triggering. Mm-hmm. Not that Botox is wrong, but for you, that is not no who way. you are. So yeah. And, and I don't talk about it when I don't watch. It. Yeah. <laughs> so noticing that you feel like you have to change maybe in some way, how you look yeah. or what you're doing. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think that's helpful to kind of figure out what does it mean when I'm triggered? Like how, how do I identify that before it's yeah. farther along or yeah, I like that. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? I'm curious 
what else, what other thoughts do you have about diet culture? And, you know, if we can tie them into The Bachelor, then great. But if not, that's okay too. Anything mm -hmm. else you want to add? Yeah, I think, you know, education about diet culture is our best, like, weapon and ally against it. And so, you know, there's so much on going on in social media. And I know it, it almost seems a little trendy, but I'm like hoping this trend stays. Mm -hmm. I think it's really positive. And so just like really educating yourself on, you know, what diet culture looks like, because there's a lot of little sneaky ways diet culture can come in and make an appearance. And, you know, I, I know you said last week, your episode was about self-compassion and, you know, intuitive eating and, you know, rejecting this diet culture isn't perfect. It's not perfection. And, you know, just because you maybe dabble in it or get stuck back in, I think, you know, just being, you know, really uh, compassionate and, you know, intuitive eating is all about, you know, um, being more mindful and aware. And um, it's mostly exploring things with curiosity rather than like judgment and like black or white thinking. So, you know, I think if you, you know, do that and educate yourself, yeah, I think you'll be pretty good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah. I was also thinking about rejecting diet culture while we watch, like making sure we have snacks that are nourishing ourselves and mm -hmm. sharing those snacks. Well, I mm -hmm. guess we can't really watch with friends anymore because <laughs> we're all quarantining at the moment, but hopefully by the yeah. time the next season airs, we can, but making it mm -hmm. like a time for you to enjoy the foods that you mm -hmm. do enjoy and tuning in and asking mm -hmm. your body what it wants and, and feeling good about mm -hmm. that, which we're getting into some other intuitive eating principles. So I think we'll have to talk yeah. about doing another episode <laughs> about those. Yeah. But <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like one of my favorite quotes, or I don't know if it's a quote, if I heard it somewhere, but <laughs> Like we can definitely acknowledge and appreciate the beauty in other people without tearing ourselves down. So there's nothing wrong with beautiful women and, you know, women who like wear a lot of makeup and do their hair. I think it, it's beautiful. And so we can acknowledge that and appreciate it for what it is without, you know, having to tear ourselves down and braid, braid each other in the process. So mm -hmm. um, that would be my other little tidbit takeaway. I really appreciate that because the women are beautiful and the men they're beautiful on the show mm -hmm. but i i don't like putting on a bunch of makeup and i don't want to go on that show and that's okay mm -hmm. i can appreciate them for who they are mm -hmm. and, and not think any less of myself while i do that hopefully mm -hmm. <laughs> that's the yeah goal. yeah that's the idea yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> awesome okay well i know that you have an instagram and maybe a blog do you want to share what those are? Yeah. And then I'll, of course, put them in the show notes too. But how can people yeah. get in touch with you? Yeah, so uh, I have an Instagram account as April Guest <laughs> called um, <laughs> Gently Nourished. And I also write a blog, um, gentlynourished.net. And so I write, um, you know, things about body image or uh, nutrition and so I have a lot of access to like health at every size intuitive eating and body image things just from my line of work and so I like to share that with people because I feel really um, fortunate that I'm surrounded by that and you know I not everyone is so that's a great place if you have um, health at every size nutrition questions intuitive eating things um, so it's a great place to connect and I post a lot of other people other dietitians and therapist things so 
a great place to expand positive social media. Mm-hmm. I follow her <laughs> on my professional page and my personal page and really love the things that Danielle posts. And I will definitely put that in the show notes. What about other, like you mentioned Christy Harrison's book, which I'll put in the show notes, but what if people mm-hmm. are interested in books specifically or other resources, what would you mm-hmm. recommend? Maybe like top five or three, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. <clears throat> so definitely intuitive eating. Um, so two dietitians wrote that book, I believe in 1995 and they're coming out with a new um, edition in this June, which mm-hmm. is coming so fast. Um, and I would recommend buying the new edition because I think they've like changed some language and updated things that are more current. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's more research, which I think is nice mm-hmm. to know that to know that their yeah. concepts work. Yes, yes. So more research. Um, I also love Body Respect or Health at Every Size, and both those books are written by Linda Bacon. Um, some of the things in the Health at Every Size book um, are a little iffy and even the writer her name or I guess her name is Lindo now previously Linda um so she kind of condensed all the more updated things into body respect but both of them are really great books uh Body Wars by Margo Maine if you're like have a feminist wily hair she's (laughs) awesome and she talks a lot about feminist issues um body image and then uh The Beauty Myth is also another one of my favorite books written by Virginia Woolf. Um, And again, that one's kind of like, you know, challenging the the feminine ideal from way back when up until now, which, um, and it breaks it down into like diet culture and, you know, makeup. And so that's a great book. Um, Another one is called Nourish by Heidi Schouster. I think it's how you say her name and she's another dietitian. (laughs) And then Christy Harrison's book, Anti-Diet, came out this this year, the end of 2019. And that's a great book also. Um, So, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Really quickly. So the Virginia Woolf book sounds awesome. I want to check that out. But we, I feel like we've talked a lot about women and I just, and I I know you Mm -hmm. feel the same way about this. I just want to, emphasize that this doesn't just apply to women it's it's everyone absolutely (laughs) in our culture yes Mm -hmm. yes and I think it kind of goes back to women are more marginalized and stigmatized but it definitely shows up in men and I think they have an emotional ideal they have to maintain like being manly and men don't have (laughs) feelings and men can't connect Mm -hmm. um and I, there's this comedian I follow and she's like, you can be pro women and you don't have to be anti-man, which is like, I love that yeah. because, you know, I think men are great and I have great men in my life. Mm-hmm. And I know many women who have great men and, you know, they're suffering from the same, you know, I, body ideals um, as women are. And um, so, yeah, that's, I'm glad you brought that up because it's definitely, you know, applies to both genders. Mm-hmm. And gender non-conforming individuals as well. They might have, you know, a little of both. So really all people, regardless of your gender identity, I feel like this diet culture is a thing (laughs) for sure. So absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So Danielle, thank you so much for spending time with me talking about this topic. I look forward to doing some other episodes with you in the future. (laughs) 
Yes. Thanks so much for having me. And, you know, who knows, I might become a, ba- what is it, a bachelor nation, or what did you call it? Bachelor, bachelor nation. <laughs> bachelor nation. I might, I might be on the bandwagon now. <laughs> cool. I hope so. Then we can talk about it more. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Danielle. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I had a lot of fun and learned a lot from Danielle. I wanted to mention that it is Naomi Wolf, not Virginia Wolf, that wrote The Beauty Myth. Virginia Wolf is a prolific writer, and I think we've all heard her name, that it just felt so familiar and right, but I wanted to make sure that I made it clear that it was Naomi, not Virginia Wolf. I also wanted to let you know that I have some exciting podcast guests on the horizon, including a marriage and family therapist. We're going to talk about Listen to Your Heart specifically and some communication stuff and relationship stuff, of course. I also have a school counselor slash private practice therapist that's going to come in and talk about parenting. And then I also am working on an episode with my social worker friend, and all of them I think are going to be really fun. I'm really enjoying having these episodes with guests on them. Let me know what you think. You can follow me on Instagram at Dr. April Watts. You can email me at processthejourney at gmail.com, or you can go to my website, draprilwatts.com, where you can connect with me, and you can also sign up for that email series that I mentioned in my last episode about 10 lessons we can learn from The Bachelor during COVID-19, which is meant to be fun and helpful. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you soon. (laughs) 